what's this week's sports all on, on Salford City Radio? I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Sport. I'm joined by Paul Whiteside from The Devil in the Detail. Paul, uh, looking forward to talking all things sport in Salford and beyond? Yeah, hi Rob, yeah, certainly am. Yeah, should be a good show, plenty going on, plenty to get our teeth into, so, uh, so yeah, should be a good one, mate. Yeah, so we'll start with the uh, Salford Devils. They were victorious on Thursday. Great win for Paul Rowley's men. Tough contest against Castle Tigers, but they got the job done. They did, yeah. It's probably one of the toughest games of the season, Rob, to be honest with you. It was, um, you know, real, real tough in defence. Two sides that didn't really give anything away, and it was a good game. It was a really good game, and uh, very, very hardly fought. I think Castleford have um, showed a lot of signs of improvement recently. They really tightened their team up, and their defence was uh, was really good, uh, you know, in that first half. They did a lot of tackling, and uh, they made Salford work for that victory. It really was a tough one. And they did well to get over the line in the end and, and, and get the result, and it was professional performance. Not got the flamboyancy that we saw in some of the other games, but... Uh, but no, we can see the try for three minutes and then to hold the Super League side out for the next 77 minutes is a good show, really, I thought. And a lot of grit and determination, honest endeavour in the match. And that's what you need to, to win games and climb the Super League table. So I, I was very chuffed with the win, to be honest with you. Yeah, a great win uh, for Paul Rowler's been In the obviously circumstances, uh, coming off uh, a couple of uh, defeats and a win at Lee was important. They got momentum uh, going to the next couple of games. Yeah, well, it's been a tough. It's been a tough month or so. It's been a tough few weeks. We had a, a real sort of bell ringing match away from home against Wigan, a bruising encounter. Uh, then you had Huddersfield at home, which was another bruising game, really, really tough game against them. And then the, the league game over Easter was a hard fought game, and then and that one. So the the, the players have, uh, you know, considering we've not got a massive squad, they've they've worked hard there over the last few weeks, and, and they'll be glad of. Um, I'm not going to say break, but they've got a long turnaround now, haven't they, between the next game. So they play Thursday, the next game's on Sunday. So they've got a, a bigger turnaround to, to probably have a, a few days off and, and, and rest the bones and rest the, the weary bodies, if you like. But it, it was vital that we got that victory, um, you know, after the league game, you know, to build some momentum. And then you've got another home game coming up. So, uh, so yeah, to get on to 10 points as well, it's, it's moved us up the table. There's a, there's a cluster of clubs below us on eight points. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, was, it was a really good win. Yep, we spoke to assistant coach Kurt Haggerty, Andy Ackers, Joel Burgess, Chris Atkin and Tyler Dupree after the game. This is what they had to say. Joined by uh, Chris Atkin, good win today. Yeah, another two points, uh, obviously staying in the, the hunt at the top end of the table where we want to be. Yeah, it wasn't flashy, ground a result out, shows the character this team's got. Yeah, that's what we spoke about in the changing rooms, uh, the resilience, you know, to keep them to one try um, and grind the result out, like you said. So, a lot of things to work on, like we, we spoke about, and keep moving forward, but yeah, take the two points. Fifth in the league, two wins on the spin, how far can this team go? We'll see, yeah, obviously we've got, you know, to emulate what we did last year and go one step further, hopefully, so that, and that's the, the focus and the, the drive in the team to, to go one step further than last season. Yeah, Catalan next week, then Leeds, then Saints, opportunity for this team to test themselves. Yeah, definitely, you know, each week you're showing that, that teams are competing and, and beating each other, so we've got to keep moving forward, we'll look at Catalan's review tonight and, and look at Catalan before we get ahead of the other games. I was I was tonight, obviously, tough uh, game in that, in that middle area. Yeah, they're, they're you know a big side, good side through the middle, and we had to work on things from the previous week and keep moving forward. Like I said, so yeah, quality side Castleford, and we had to be tight in the middle, and then they tested us in that area. Brilliant. Just join us and uh, good luck. So I'm joined by uh, Joe Burgess, sporting a bit of a cut on the eyes. So uh, I didn't even know I did it to be honest. No, no. Um, and then 
physios are running on wiping it for me because it just won't stop but there's my modeling career going on yeah <laughs> quick and tough that's what it's all about big win tonight you know happy um got be, yeah, i was happy, happy with two points and they came and had a dig to be honest i mean we wasn't clinical we was we was it just wasn't wasn't squeaky clean but when you come away we'll win that high against the teams having a dig you, you have to be happy yeah it wasn't vintage rally ball like you said gutsy performance kind of shows that this team's got character yeah exactly we scrambled well i mean we spoke about like we had ends to our sets weren't good enough but we still scrambled well and 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 indeed up so yeah we've got to be happy with that side of it yeah fifth place two wins on the spin how far is this team going to go um I'm, I'm i don't want to say anything yet <laughs> i'm just happy game by game and yeah we've just got to get the next win now and then we've got another week we've got a week off so it's a really important week next week yeah catalan next then leeds then saints opportunity to test yourselves mm, yeah, yeah that will be a show was if we're the top team or not but we're ready for it and how about yourself of so, so far this season happy your promises uh what my me personally yeah, yeah i'm slowly getting better let's just say that yeah we call, we call you the rolls royce on, on the on the podcast and uh, uh, oh. as a compliment yeah. <laughs> brilliant thanks for joining us and uh, good luck so i'm joined by uh, tyler dupree good win today yeah, yeah, good win. Uh, we're in hard fault win. Um, I think I think we uh, we didn't play how we normally play, but like you say, a win's a win. So yeah, wasn't flashy, but your ground result. How how important is that character-wise for this team? Uh, yeah, I think it's massive. I think I think we show that we don't have to be flashy to win games. Um, we just need to be consistent in what we do and just stick with the game. On 80 minutes, so we don't we don't have 10 minutes off or anything like that. We just need to be an 80-minute team. Yeah, fifth in the league, two wins on the spin. How far can this team go? Well, we proved last year that we could get to semi-finals, so obviously we're always trying to do that one better and get to the grand final. Uh, I think as a team, we're just taking it week by week. We're taking it win by win, loss by loss. Each day as it comes, so hopefully we've got the end goal in sight, but we're, we're not focusing on that yet. And how about yourself? Obviously selected for the England train on uh, squad uh, today. Excited about that? Yeah, yeah, really excited. Uh, I feel quite honoured to be to be selected. I had a bit of a lump in my throat when I found out, so uh, yeah, it's a massive honour for me and my family. Yeah, uh, Catalan next, then Leeds, I think, then Saints. Yeah. Uh, big test, big opportunity. Yeah, yeah, we've got a tough run of games now, but we can't just be a team that plays against bottom six teams and play consistently well. We have to play against everyone. There's 12 teams in this league, and we have to beat everyone. So, brilliant. Cheers, for joining us, and uh, good luck. That was a, a tough old game that tonight, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was. Uh, good teams were ugly. We found a way to win. We wasn't perfect. We could have defended better at times, but we certainly had enough to come away with a win. And, you know, we've played short-term and against a good lead team as well, so we've almost done a mini-Easter mini period, so we're happy with the win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, it's been a short term round after that league game. How important was it to get that win in front of the home supporters tonight? Well, yeah, I wanted to go back to back wins against. That was big for us, especially being the second game at home, which is massive because we want to do it for tall fans, like you say. So, yeah, we're really happy. Yeah. Did you expect that from Castle for tonight? They've been improving, haven't they? They were tough, weren't they, and dogged? Yeah, we know with Castleford there's a lot of good players in that team. No matter how how their form is, we know that we have to be on it to beat teams. There's a lot of footballers in their team, so we had to make sure we were competent and defended and then we knew we'd score enough points to get the win. Oliver Parents have come back tonight. Good to see him back in the team. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Oliver's been brilliant for the group and you know it's great to have him out there because he's great within his value in the defence, so it's great to have him back out there, absolutely. Shame right by the match. He's another standout player. He was good last week at Lee, wasn't he? You've got a good in there in him. Yeah. 
yeah, he's been very good, mate. He can play back row, he can play in middle, he can even go centre. He's athletically good. So yeah, we're really happy with how Shane's progressing and he's really valued in the team. You've got another home game coming up now. You've got a ni- nice break now, I suppose, haven't you? I think it's a Sunday game, isn't it? So it's a week on Sunday we play Catalan, so uh, it gives you a bit of time to rest the bodies. Cause it's been a tough, tough few weeks with the Easter game as well, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Brody Cross been uh, Brody Cross, Brody Cross been a bit crooked as well for a couple of weeks. So there's a few bodies that need a rest, and a bit of a break, and it's a well-earned break in my opinion. So yeah, so we'll be refreshed and ready for Catalan. Thanks very much for speaking to us today, Kurt. Enjoy yeah. the weekend, mate. No problem. Right, do I say Andy Akashvili's Andy? A tough game that today. You've had a tough few weeks, haven't you? But you're ready for the rest now, you know, game next Sunday. But that was a tough old game today. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we knew Castleford, obviously. Um, they've, not, they've not had the best start of the season, so we knew they were going to come out firing. But in them times like that, in them games like that, we need to keep our standards high and raise our standards. We're doing it at likes against like Wigan and, and, and teams like that. So we just we just need to keep our standards high, focus on ourselves and stay in the ground and not fall off and stop stop playing so so stupid at times. So yeah, we, we, we just take the positives out of that game now and move on to Catalan next Sunday. Has it been frustrating at some of the home games this season? Because it, it's been tough down here. You seem to play better away from home. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, tr- it's true. Yeah, yeah. But we've, we've got a good support to be honest with you. We've got a good support. Like the fans behind the sticks really get behind us and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it, it, like I said earlier, it's just we just need to keep our standards high and just just focus on us really. I suppose you're not going to win every game like playing flamboyant rugby. Sometimes in Tripoli, it's tough. You've got to grind it out. Teams are going to come and be tough. I think Castleford. I didn't expect them to be as as, as tough as they were today, but their defence was was solid. You had a lot of ball in that first half and. They dealt with you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's like we've got kind of an underdog mentality, really. It's it's everywhere we go. It's sometimes like we have we have a lot of calls against us, but like, like I said, we don't we don't feel sorry for ourselves. We just we just got to focus on us now. It's a long season. You know, the weather will start picking up soon, and no excuses here. But like, like I said, it's two points. It's two points. We've got two back-to-back wins here. And obviously, looking to, to to back it up against Catalan on Sunday. Yeah, ten points already. Five wins. What, yeah. what was Paul Rowley said to you after the game? Is he pleased with the start you've made? Because it's a good solid. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, like I say, it's two points in it. It's, it's it, obviously happy with the two points. Obviously, we all know and he knows that we can be better in areas. And if we, if we, if we just keep grinding and working hard in training like that, you know, we'll show we far on. Nice well, Thanks a lot for speaking no to us, Andy. Take Cheers. care, mate. So obviously, everyone in good spirits after a good win against Castleford. They know how important it is that they keep this momentum going. Yeah, certainly, and especially at home. I think we needed a performance at home, really, because uh, you know we'd lost two games at home, and the game against Wakefield was was a bit hit and miss, really. I know we got the result in the end, but um, but yeah, it was a, it was a close one and a disappointing one. So it was good to to get a win at home in front of the home supporters, and especially with all the the, the school kids there as well. It was a, it was a good night, and you know, the players stayed behind and signed autographs and things like that again. So it was a good night, all in all, and. Uh, you know, it was good to get the win, get onto ten points, and uh, and I think we're still fifth in the table. So we made a, a really good start to the season, really. Yep. Paul Rowley, in his post-match press conference, uh, said that Brody Croft had been suffering with illness, not just this week, but from the beginning of the season. Obviously, he's one of Salford's star players. Paul signed a new seven-year contract, uh, even though he's under the weather, still producing the goods. Yeah, I thought he he toughed it out on um, 
on Friday night. He, he did. He scored a, a good try. That was a great try. What, what Brodie Croft scored, you know, created by by a great break from uh, Callum Watkins and, and Ryan Briley with a lovely kick through. Great try to watch that. And he worked hard in defence as well. So, uh, so yeah, he's not, you know, 100%. He's under the weather, but he's he's toughing it out there as well. And I think that there's other players like that in the side. I think you can tell there's certain players who've who've been playing with bits of knocks and bits of injuries and, and what have you, just due to the, the size of the squad. So, those those players have got to be commended really it's it's a tough gig you know super league and um you know you're carrying knocks as well you've got to just get on with it haven't you so uh so yeah there's those guys who play big minutes again and and work really hard so yeah they had to they had to work for everything on friday night and 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 they did yeah they talk about part the rowling ball the way it's open play for me paul i noticed it a lot on thursday night the likes of Brodie Croft and Max Need and Ryan Briley engaging in defending to draw them out of position to create space for other people and that's I think becoming a big thing and how if Rollyball becomes a success and we're, we're managed to open teams up Yeah that's right and the thing with, with Rollyball as well a lot of teams are um, sort of finding a way to play against Solvent. Now, you look at Casper, they've got a very astute coach in Andy Last. You know, he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's worked with the international squad for a number of years. And he came with a game plan, I think, to, to sort of shut Salford's pivots down. And to a certain extent, he did. And Ian Watson did the same thing when he came with Huddersfield the other week. So, you know, teams are not daft. They, they know they'll target teams wherever they play and they'll do the video work in the week and they'll know how Salford play, what Salford moves, you know, are. And it's up to Paul Rowland Salford to to work other things out and, and, and come up with that plan B when plan A is not working. Or another way is, you know, do plan A better, you know, if it's not working, do it better. So so yeah, it's up to Salford to to, to get round that. But you know, the the tries that they scored, you know, the, the like I said before, the um the, the craft try was a cracker. And then Shane Wright, you know, run a really good line for his try as well. Yeah. And obviously, Salford now fifth in the league, just below Catalan Dragons, who have 12 points. Salford have 10 points. Um, obviously, rate the season so far, Paul. Um, it's been a bit hit and miss, but very, I'd say solid, would be my word for it up to now. I think they've been pretty solid. The games that they've lost, they've been well in, to be honest, and, and could have won. Um, we've got Catalan Dragons coming up this week. As you said, they're just above us in the table. So with a good performance and a victory there, you can leapfrog them. Um, yeah, there's some there's some sides down below us who probably spent a lot more money than we have. You know, like as a whole, you, you, you're really struggling. Um, you look at their budget and whatever. So we're we're getting value for money, I think, out of the squad. And um, and yeah, I'd say we we're, we're solid at the moment, but there's room for improvement. Yeah, and obviously, you know, expectations. Paul Rowley likes to sort of dump uh, sort of. Fan the land the flames, we'll call it. Keeping everyone calm, keeping everyone thinking, uh, you know, level-headed. Um, when do we start getting excited about this Salford team? Um, I think you get excited all the time, Rob. I think the way we, we showed that a holding we, we, when we when we're on, we're on. Um, we have struggled with injuries. We've got players out, and we've not got a massive squad. And players have got to work hard and do big minutes and whatever. So, I think you can be excited all the time watching Salford. I think this season the Super League is wide open. Absolutely wide open. I think you can pick a number of teams there who could finish in that grand final. Um, as long as you're on it at the back end of the season, you've got a healthy squad, you've got a real good chance. So I think you can be excited now. I mean, look at last season. We had a pretty poor start, really. And then we was against St. Helens 80 minutes from a from a grand final. So um, I think the same can be this season. I think, you know, if we can hang in there and, and, and keep that form, 
we, we've got as good a chance as anybody else. I mean, look at the results from the weekend. They're up in the air, really. Everybody's beating each other. You know, St. Helens were beaten again against Hulkingston Rovers. Uh, Warrington, everybody was saying they're going to go through the season unbeaten last week, some journalists were saying, and they've gone, gone and lost this week. So, you know, the, the teams, are, teams are beating each other, aren't they? And it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, uh, Sky Sports announced that Salford have made two big signings for 2024. No names were given, though, Paul, uh, which uh, creates a bit of a media speculation. Um, where, what position do you think Salford should be looking to strengthen uh, for 2024? Well, I think at the moment, looking at the side, you'd be looking at a couple of players for the pack, really, wouldn't you? I think if you look at half back, we, we're pretty well covered. We're pretty well covered in the back line as well. You know, we've got Ryan Bradley at full back. You've got Chris Atkin who can play at full back. You've got some decent wingers, some decent centres. So you'd be looking at a prop, you know, a prop or two, really, if we could, and a, and a back rower as well. You can never have enough uh, big forwards, can you? So I think that the forwards would be somewhere where we need to, to definitely strengthen. Yeah. And obviously, go, obviously, we can't forget about 2023 season. So, for doing so well, other teams struggling. Wakefield Trinity is still rooted to the bottom after a defeat against uh, Lee today. Yeah, it's, it's been a real tough season for them, hasn't it, so far? You know, failing to score as well. They've been nilled again. Um, I think the most points they've scored. I think they scored a few against Catalan, didn't they? And after that, it was against Softford. They scored. Um, uh, 14 I think in that game didn't they so um, or 13 whatever it was now so it's been a strange season for them it really has a real season of struggle so uh, they're going to be lucky to stay up the way things are going at the moment unless something drastically changes mm. it was a good day uh, for Salford Red Devils ladies as well they played their first Super League uh, two fixture of the 2023 season away at Casper Tigers and won uh, 20 points to 8 great win uh, for Chris Bates ladies uh, and a tough place to go yeah, yeah, but it's always tough when you're moving up to a different league, isn't it? And you're you're playing against new sides, you're the new team in the league, if you like, and you know playing the the Super League now that they're in, um, that was going to be tough away from home as well, you know, to get a result. But to go there and win twenty points to eight, real tough place to go, Weldon Road. It's a great result, absolute great result, you know, to get off to a to a flying start there in the league. They'll be very very pleased with that, and that's going to see the confidence go through the roof. So uh, what a fantastic start! Yeah. Try scorers were Alex Simpson, Tasker Curran, Steph Gray, Lucy McKeon, and Helena Walker. Obviously, sharing the tries out shows that Seoul would have strike everywhere. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They do. They do have a lot of strike players in that side, a lot of pace as well, and and a, and a real good blend in the forwards. So uh, that's going to stand them in good stead. For it's going to be a tough season, isn't it? It's going to be a long season as well. So uh, so yeah, if you've got a strike all over the the pitch, that's going to uh, going to take you a long way. Yep. Salford uh, in Challenge Cup action uh, this weekend. They face Featherstone at home at the uh, AJ Bell, the community pitches. Sorry, Salford City Stadium community pitches. 1pm kickoff. Uh, we know how good the Challenge Cup is for the for the, for the the sport, Paul, and, and the competition is the first time the ladies will be playing in it. So uh, it will be an exciting time. Hopefully people get down there and support them. Yeah, making a bit of history kicking off in the Challenge Cup, yes. And... Uh... Yeah, it's a fantastic competition, isn't it? The Cup, it really is. And I know Salford will be coming in, the men's side will be coming into the uh, the draw soon, won't they? I think it's this weekend, actually, after this weekend's round. Um, the, the, the Super League sides will come in with the remaining four from the Championship and whoever's left in it. So, yeah, and the ladies get their shot as well. So, um, so yeah, they, they, the first time they played, and I'm sure they'll be really excited. Featherstone will be a, a tough game, though. But no, at home, um, with a good crowd behind them as well, they've got every chance to get through. Yeah. 
obviously going to be an exciting time. Don't forget, the men play after the ladies at the AJFL on Sunday against Catalan Dragons. Hopefully a big crowd down there, Paul. Obviously, um, Catalan won't bring a massive amount away, away following. So we're relying on the people of Salford to, to listen to this and make their way down to the Salford City Stadium and support the lads. Yeah, and I think it's good that it's a Sunday game as well. I mean, last week we was on... Um a nighttime game, weren't we? Thursday night, which is a, a tough, tough gig for people to get there. You know, especially if you're coming down from Yorkshire. So uh, I know Catalan probably won't bring it, bring many supporters, but it gives us a chance for Salford supporters to get there. I mean, even if you're a community club or your kids are playing, that'll be in the morning. So you've got a chance to get there for, for three o'clock for the for the kickoff. You've got the the ladies' game as well. So weather's hopefully going to be decent. So I think Sunday's a, a good day to to watch rugby league. So uh, you know, two teams in form as well. You know, Salford are playing some good stuff, and and so are the the Catalan Dragons. I mean, I think they've lost the last two games though Catalan but they're they're up there aren't they in the uh, in the league table so it's, it's they've got some quality in that team as well though so it should be a good game yeah let's move on to Swinton Lions uh, they were in action against Sheffield this week on Monday um, obviously we're recording this before Monday so we can't tell the result uh, and they're not in action next week because it's Challenge Cup but it gives them opportunity to have a rest uh, and recharge ready for the next uh, game yeah, it does. It does. I mean, we don't know the the result from Sheffield, do we? But that would have been a tough game, that because uh, Sheffield have made a really solid start to the season, haven't they? So, uh, so that would have been a tough game for Swinton. But uh, let's hope they've got a result from that. But yeah, they've had a, a difficult start, haven't they? And you can be disappointed they're not in the Challenge Cup, but you know it does give them a chance to to have a break and have a breather and assess where they're up to, and you know probably shake off a few little, little niggles and injuries and things like that, and then hit the ground running the week after. Yeah, Morgan uh, Burgess has left the club as well. The forward uh, has left with due to mutual consent. So obviously, a man down now will be looking for replacements uh, to boost that squad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think their squad's enormous as it is. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be on the lookout as all clubs are, aren't they? You know, for play, players to come in on loan and, and, and things like that. You know, if that opportunity comes along, I'm sure Alan Coleman will. I'll have uh, I'll have people on the lookout. He'll 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 have the, the scouting network and what have you, won't he? So uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll get sorted if somebody comes along. Yep. So that's all the rugby league chat. And now we're going to be joined by James Sweeten and James. Uh, looking forward to talking boxing with Paul. I most certainly am, Rob. It's good to be back. And this week, boxing had a monumental upset. Joe, the juggernaut, joys taking on Zilly Big Bang Zang. And most expected the juggernaut to roll through the Chinese man like a knife butter. But that wasn't to be. We all underestimated the Olympian. Zilly Zhang put up a fantastic performance. And Paul, we're going to get into all the nitty gritty. But right off the bat, what was your analysis? Tough, tough fight. Yeah, really tough fight. I mean, I think... Most people, like you said, thought Joe Joyce had walked through it, but you know he's he's a he's a proven amateur, Zhang, wasn't he? An Olympian as well, and he's very very technical. I thought, and his power, I thought his power was uh, was something else at times, and yeah, he, he he got some fantastic punches off and, and did the damage really, and and there was only one way that fight was going to go after that. He, he couldn't obviously continue, but uh, but yeah, I wasn't overly shocked but I think the, the media sort of built up Joyce as well hadn't they and sort of convinced us all that he was going to be be, be like a really really one-sided fight and, and sometimes it, it's not you can underestimate your opponent and perhaps he did just a little bit and um, and obviously he's, he's paid the price he did Paul and Perhaps he got a little bit too confident in that chain. I think we were both at the Manchester evening that night he fought Joseph Parker and he absorbed absolutely everything the Kiwi threw at him. I think we were blown away. And that wasn't just in that fight he did that. Every single time he's in the ring, whether it be against 
Dubois, Christian Hammer, Carlos Tackham. He takes so many shots and we're blown away by it. But there's only so long you can do that for. Yeah, there is. And and Zhang had, had, had power and, and real power. And, and I wasn't convinced he did it. He'd had that. But like you said, you, you can only take that for so long, can't you? Your you chin will we'll take so much. And, and after that... It, your eye can't take it. I mean, your chin might be able to take it, but if you get damage around your eye and things like that, your body's the same as everybody else. You're a human being. It'll, it will try and look after itself, won't it? You'll swell up and things like that. And that's what got the better of him in the end. If that hadn't have happened, he probably wouldn't be able to carry on. But, you know, you're talking about heavyweights here. These guys hit really, really hard. Don't need, they're like juggernauts. Some of them aren't, you know, coming onto you. And you get caught by one of them. One punch can change absolutely everything. So um, you've got to respect that power and you can't go stopping punches with your shin. Um, not in not in elite heavyweight boxing. So I think he's learned a lesson there, um, and something he, he needs to come back from and, and and perhaps change change a bit of his style. I mean, not completely, but you can't go around you know stopping punches with your chin. Can you imagine if he'd got in there with someone like Tyson Fury, you'd you absolutely laid out, wouldn't you? So you you've, you've got to change things now, and perhaps it's it's best that he's lost that fight and he can learn from that quickly before he goes on to to, to bigger and better things and world title fights. So off the back of that, what was your instant reaction when you saw the legs go? Were you surprised? And also, what was your opinion on the stoppage? Was it the right decision? I think it had to be stopped, James. I think, you know, the eye was getting worse. Um, there's no way you can carry on with that. I mean, you keep getting pummeled like that. That could do a lot more damage, you know, going forward in the future. So you live to fight another day sometimes, don't you? I think the stoppage was right. I think the decision was right. And I think you've got to give Zang a lot of credit. I think he did really well. I mean, the doctors haven't sort of saved, you know, the fighter here, have they? And sort of won it for him. He's, he's won that himself, you know, through sheer power, sheer grit and determination. And yeah, it's a technical knockout if you, if you like, but I think the better fighter won. Um, and you've got to give him an awful lot of credit for that. And you most certainly have. Do you think... A lot of people off the back of this are going, well, Joyce was never that good. The chin was always going to go eventually. And they're not giving Zhang the credit that he deserves because he's come into this off the back of what should be an undefeated record with most people thinking that he should have beat Philip Hergovich last time out. And obviously, you mentioned his, his, his storied amateur career before. Is he a genuine player now in the heavyweight division? I think so. But it's like you just nailed it there, James. That's the, the reaction of people these days. I mean, you lose a fight. Same with Joshua. Everybody wants to jump onto him and say, oh, he's not as good as what we thought he was and things like that. And it is annoying that sometimes when you hear stuff like that because, you know, sometimes you can be undercooked on a fight. You, you can underestimate your opponent and, and you get beat. You know, that, that sport, that's what happens in sport. Football teams do it. Rugby league teams do it. Cricket teams do it. You name it. The the, the, the person who's supposed to win, the bookie's favourite, the crowd's favourite, doesn't always win. Doesn't always work like that. That's that's why we love sport. So let's not write, you know, let's not let's not write him off, you know, um, let's not write Joe Joyce off because he's still, he's still a terrific fighter, and he, those two could fight each other again tomorrow, and and Joyce could win in the first round. That that's boxing. So he's got to, he's got to learn from that, learn from his mistakes from that, you know, get that, you know, get a bit of a tighter guard if he if he needs to, you know, work on his defense and then and and use it as a positive to sort of propel his career and, and come back from that because no doubt he's a, he's a good fighter. But, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. He's like 37 now, isn't he? So he's not the, the beginning of his career. But he needs to learn fast. He needs to come back better and stronger. And that could be the kick up the backside that he needed. So you mentioned there that you think Joyce would have a chance to avenge the loss in a rematch. He has got a rematch clause, so this is an option. Would you pursue that? 
or would you take him in a different direction, especially off the back of what the commentary was saying, that he really does appear to struggle with southpaws? Um, yeah, I think he does struggle with southpaws, to be honest with you. Um, the rematch, I think, would be dangerous because he's a dangerous opponent. And if you lose the rematch, then it, it does put you backwards, doesn't it? And put your progress backwards. And where do you go from there? You do start dropping down the pecking order, don't you? So I don't know. I think he needs to think long and hard now about where he wants to go next, where his next opponent is, whether there'd be good fights with, you know, whether he'd take on someone like Anthony Joshua, would you go down that route? That might be the route that gets him nearer to, you know, the, the real big players. Because um, that's a fight that, that propels you a bit, doesn't it? He's a bigger name, I suppose. No disrespect to Zhang, but he's a bigger name, isn't he? Somebody like that. But I don't know. I think it's a, it's a very, very big decision this for him, you would like to think. It's a crossroads in his career now. You know, um, he's had a defeat there and, and he needs to think about where he needs to go because a lot of people were saying he'd be up there challenging the likes of uh, you know, Fury and Wilder and people like that. But, you know, this is a setback for him now. It definitely is. And I want to get your opinion on the weight. Because he came into this fight over a stone and a half lighter than he was when he fought Joseph Parker. And usually he's able to get in there, bully opponents. This time he was, if anything, he, he, he was under undermatched against Zili Zhang, the Chinese man looking the more strong in there. So what do you make of the decision by Joyce to, to lose all that weight? I think it's a poor decision. I think we've we've spoke about this with Anthony Joshua, haven't we, before when he's come in, a couple of stone on, underweight, and you're not carrying that power. And to me, if you're a you're you're a heavyweight boxer and you're normally eighteen stone, you're coming at sixteen stone, that's gonna play on your mind. You know, psychologically you're gonna be thinking, I don't, I don't feel as don't feel as big. I don't feel as heavy. I don't think I don't I don't hit as hard. It's gonna play on your mind. There's there's no doubt about that. You, you know your own body, don't you? So um, you know that that's that's how I'd feel if it was me. So um, so yeah, I, I I I don't get why why boxers you know change that sometimes you know change their style and drop down and things like that. You know you want to be fighting somebody who's who's a lot heavier than you. You want to be fighting roughly the same weight as him, don't you? So you've got the same sort of power there. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't get what that one really. I'd like to ask his, his sort of nutritionist and his trainer and his team, you know, if I, if I got the chance, that'd be the question I'd be asking him. Why did he come in, you know, so light? And we often try and build stars in this division. We've got Tyson Fury doing 90,000 tickets at Wembley. We've got the same with Anthony Joshua. Zilly Zhang, his performance in China was watched by over 13.2 million people. So I'd imagine if you're a contender in the heavyweight division, you're thinking of flying over China for what would be a monumental payday. Well, yeah. You know, you know sport in, in China is absolutely huge, isn't it? And, uh, and the Chinese people will get behind, you know, someone from there, you know, a national, won't they? You know, in their, in whatever sport it is. So, so yeah, you've got a massive chance there. You know, if, if that was me, I'd, I'd jump at the chance to go over there and fight, you know, you know, Tyson Fury or somebody like that. You, you think they'd love to do that. So, so yeah, I think he's really put the cat amongst the pigeons there with that, that win. No one expected it. But, you know, he seems a dangerous fighter from what I've seen there. And he's got, like, like we both agreed, he's got a good pedigree, good amateur pedigree, very, very experienced fighter as well. No, he could be really dangerous. I mean, you shouldn't overlook anybody in, in boxing. And I think sometimes we, we do, we, we we sort of go with what pundits say, we sort of go with what the, the broadcasting channels say and the bookies say and things like that, rather than actually looking at the man and thinking, no, he's pretty, he's pretty good, he's, he's a good fighter. So, so yeah, I think sometimes you get a good fighter the respect they deserve. So from one side of the pond to the other, which is that a massive fight over here, we've got an even bigger one next week. It's one that fans around the globe have been clamouring for. We've finally got it. Javonta Davis 
Ryan Garcia, it's a big one. Oh, it certainly is. Yeah, you've got two quality fighters there, haven't you? Two fighters that you see quite a lot of on, on social media. I like to watch uh, Ryan Garcia. His, his videos he puts on, he's very, very entertaining. But yeah, something's got to give between these two. And, you know, it's nice that we've actually got a fight that we want. You know, we don't seem to get fights that we want, do we, sometimes, especially in this country. There's always something that gets in the way. But this one is, is a mega fight, isn't it? And, uh, and one that's going to capture the imagination. And one not to be missed, really. It's uh, Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be some fight. It most certainly is. Javonta Davies carries the power. Ryan Garcia has got the speed, but he hasn't faced the same calibre of opposition as Tank Davis has. Granted, he fought Luke Campbell. That was a big win. But aside from that, he hasn't had that many staple fights. Could that let him down in this one? He could do, yeah. I think he's probably not been in like those big war fights, if you like. And I know Campbell was a decent opponent, but yeah... It, is he not? Is he? Is he battled hard and for for this one? I'm not too sure, but I think it's going to be an amazing fight. And if you, I know you're probably going to ask me in a minute who I'm going to say who's going to win, and I'm going to sit on the fence because I don't know. But um, I think it's going to be a great fight. I think it's it's one of those. It's a real fifty fifty contest. You've got two fighters who are at the peak now. I think of their careers, in my opinion, and um, and yeah, I, I don't know who to go for. I'll be really really honest with you. <laughs> It's certainly a tough one to pick, isn't it? And the winner, whomever that way be, does this propel them to superstardom? Because in America, granted, we've had Canelo, but he was obviously Mexican, and, and, and Tyson Fury's obviously made ways over there as well. But even the likes of Deontay Wilder, we've not had an absolute American superstar since Floyd Mayweather. Has one of these two men got the opportunity to place themselves on that podium? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think they're both stars already, aren't they? And when you've got two stars who are fighting like that, the the, the winner from that takes that accolade and and, and, and moves on, doesn't it? I think whoever loses the fight is, is is still up there anyway. But you know, these two are, are two are very much talked about on social media these days. People are really interested in what they're up to. They're the mega stars already, aren't they? So this fight just propels the winner to. You know, even further, doesn't it? So, um, so yeah, I'm just glad the fight's been made, James, because we talk all the time about fights that don't get made. So it's just great to, to see something like this, and you know, where you've got two fighters coming out, and you don't really know how it's going to go. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It most certainly is, and another big fight that's been ordered on the domestic scene: Fabio Wardley, Fraser Clark, a good old fattened British title fight. Yeah, uh, those are the we, we love those fights, don't we? I mean, me in particular, I, I like the British fights, the British title fights. I think tremendous, you know, going for Longsdale belts and things like that. We've seen some cracking nights over the years, up and down the country, haven't we? So this one is another one that captures the imagination, uh, and this should be another good fight as well. I mean, you've got two two fighters here, and that that's another difficult one to to pick a winner from. It most certainly is. Looking ahead to potential fights that are being made, Tyson Fury, it was looking like a potential Joe Joyce fight could be in the works. That, by the looks of things, is going to be suspended for the time being. So he needs a new man in the opposite corner. Rumours are saying Andy Ruiz is going to be that guy, somebody who obviously upset Anthony Joshua a few years ago. I don't know if stylistically he has got the foot speed to catch up with the Gypsy King, granted. Definitely got the quicker hands, but stylistically, if AJ can beat you on the back foot, you'd imagine Fury could as well. Don't think he'd be big enough for Fury, to be honest with you. I think Fury would just drown him. I think he'd be too big. 
Um, it, yeah, be a good fight. I thought I thought you were going to say Derek Chisora. There was going to be uh, Sergio Fuhr's next opponent. I thought not that one again. But no, Andy Ruiz is good. He, he's quick. He's tough as well. He's a very tough man. We saw that in the, the Joshua fight. But I just think with Fury, I just think Fury's size. I just I just think he'd, he'd swamp him really. The size of him. Yeah, I have to agree. I think it's one that Fury would win relatively comfortably. But if Simon Jordan has anything to say, it could go a different way because he's heard that a Saudi Arabian tournament has been lined up. Fury versus Usyk, Joshua versus Wilder, and the two to face off later in the year. That sounds great, Paul, but is that too much to ask for, realistically? I'd love something like that. You know, we really, we, we talked back, at, remember the Super 6 tournament and you know, Kyle Frotch was involved in, in, in that and they were great because you were seeing the, the elite fighters fighting each other one after the other and that's what it's all about. I'd love to see a tournament like that, you know, where with those four involved. It really would be special, wouldn't it? But um, I don't know. When you talk about Middle East and, you know, being abroad and things like that in these sort of countries where money doesn't seem to be an object, really, does it? They just seem to have pots and pots of cash. So could that be the way? It'd be nice to if it, if it did happen. It really would be exciting. It most certainly would. And I can't wait to join you again this time next week, Paul, to talk all the rest of the heavyweight division and give a full breakdown of Javonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia. But the time being, it's time to move on to the football. And I'm delighted to welcome my good friend Rob Parkinson back into the picture. And I imagine you'll have relatively mixed emotions this week. I mean, I know we have the 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest to digest. But firstly, let's look at the Europa League at home, Sevilla. Two-tool draw. We'd have liked to win there. What did you make of it? Yeah, obviously, disappointing result at Old Trafford. James, in Europe, you need to make sure you're winning your own games, even though it isn't uh, away goals don't count double these days. Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of injuries as well caused. Martinez out. Uh, Maguire own goals. Ten Hag. Probably, if he didn't have any air, he'd be pulling out if he did uh, with the performance on on Thursday night. But, like you say, we've got 90 minutes to try and fix the situation. And we're hoping we can do that on Thursday. We are. And off the back of the Nottingham Forest game, hopefully we could have generated some momentum. We said this time last week that Forest, a team that while in the relegation zone, had a lot to fight for. Manchester United is always a Wembley game for these clubs. And with them fighting... To keep themselves in the Premier League, it would have been a big game. Ultimately, they weren't able to get the job done. We had Anthony and Delo bagging goals. What did you make of United's performance? Yeah, it was a steady performance by Manchester United against Notts Forest, James. Uh, they know there's bigger games to come. They didn't have to invest that much into this, even though Forest are starting to sleepwalk into a relegation uh, battle. Uh, they'll need to find some form and quick if they want to avoid getting sucked in too badly. But back to Man United. Two, a good win away from home um, and you're kind of hoping we can, like you say, take that momentum into into Seville in the next game. After, obviously, last week's performance, you, you've got to go to Spain. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? It's always difficult against uh, them them kind of teams. But Hentai's got players there who are used to playing in these conditions, used to playing in, uh, you know, the, the the bear pit in Spain and in various other countries. So you're hoping uh, that they've got enough to get through to the next round. You most certainly are. It's a big game against Sevilla. It's a big game against Brighton in the FA Cup semi-final. And it's getting to a stage of the con- of the season. We've already won the League Cup. We're on the cusp of an FA Cup. We're on the cusp of a Europa League. Rob, 
What do you think our chances are right now of doing a double and a treble? Well, it would be a great football um, journey, wouldn't it? After everything that this Man United team has been through, and you look at all the opponents that they've had to face, likes of Man City losing 7-0 to Liverpool, if they can get anywhere near... Uh, you know, a double or a treble, that would be a fabulous uh, achievement for Hentag's men. But, we're, you know, we're, we're still believing, we've still got the players there who can get a result. Um, but it's going to be difficult. Obviously, we look at the semi-final against Brighton. You know, they are a good side. They will be targeting this as being their biggest game of the season because, obviously... They'll be looking to mark the name onto the uh, into, onto the FA Cup. Man City are obviously in, in action as well, but we know what the FA Cup is. It's all about upsets. It's all about drama. It's all about late finishes and and colours and noise from the crowd. And that is why it's one of the best tour- uh, best tournaments, cup competitions in the world. And that's why people invest in it. Uh, and you're kind of hoping that obviously Man United can you know do their part of the deal, get a result, get us to uh, to Wembley, and uh, we'll enjoy the day. Well, you see, when you look back at all-time great seasons, I mean, Erling Haaland, for example, played for Manchester City. His his debut season in the Premier League will be one to remember. But if if Eric Ten Hag can take a Manchester United side from essentially, you know, a sinking Titanic from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean all the <laughs> way back up to what it is now, if he could pull off a treble win, where would that rank among debut seasons for managers? I think it would be the greatest season of all time. Really, James. I know, obviously, top top managers at top clubs, you know, get the accolades, don't they? Get the European Cups, they get the the league titles, but they're usually coming from a quite a high base because they've come up, uh, been selected to manage a top team that's already a top team with top players. This Man United team is in transition. Their players are world class. There is a couple, but as a unit, they aren't, and he's having to get every ounce out of every player to get to where they are now. Yes, they're not the finished article. We're hoping for investment in the summer, depending on ownership and how that all plays out, because that's another thing that's going on in the background, don't forget. We're going for a double slash treble. And then also we've got the owners only and ahhing about who's going to be the next, uh, who's, who's going to take the cash off. So you're hoping that that'll be put to bed shortly and then we can all focus on uh, what's going on in the field. And, you know, Hentag uses magic so far. There's no reason why he can't keep producing the goods uh, over the next uh, few months. No, there's no reason at all. And another manager who's on a bit of a different trajectory at the moment, Pep Guardiola. Rather than this being his debut season, he's been on the grind with Manchester City for a very long time, doing everything in his power to have in that evasive Champions League title. They've just picked up a 3-0 win over Bayern Munich. Rodri, Silva, Haaland bag in there. The dream is getting ever closer for the citizens. Is this the year Pep Guardiola pulls it off? It could be, James, because obviously Haaland is an absolute machine up front, scoring all the goals, but he's, they're not a one-man team. Is surrounded by international class players who have been there and done it. They are a winning machine, Manchester City. They're chasing Arsenal. They're clawing them in. They've been there. They've done it. In Europe, yeah, they have they have fell short over the last couple of months. And people questioning whether Pep Guardiola has the magic to, to get a European Cup uh, win with Manchester City. And we will see that in the next few months, whether he, whether he has. But he won't have a better chance than this. He's got the best centre-forward in Europe, banging in all the goals. He's 
I've got a squad there, two internationals for every position that he, he can uh, he can find. So really, the only person who's going to beat Pep Guardiola this season is Pep Guardiola and overthinking what needs to be done. Yeah, it's good you say that, Rob, because all those years ago against in the Champions League final with Manchester City, he did overthink it that time. He cost his side that big one in Europe that they're so long pursued. Mm. Is he going to do that again, or will he have learnt from it this time? I don't think he will, because he knows his way this season with Haaland. Um, he knows what's best for the team and how it functions. I think, obviously, yesteryear, he's looking at opponents and how to stop them from playing, rather than thinking, how, how can we hurt teams? Yet, yeah, there probably is, uh, you know, sort of difficulties in that Man City defence, which teams can get at. But there's enough quality in that Man City team to 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 click and and take them to to European glory. They've thrown an awful lot of money at Manchester City over the last uh, sort of ten years, and to be where they are now and not to be on that European Cup uh, roster is is criminal for me. Um, you're hoping that Pep can get them over the line uh, and. I'm sure City fans out there will be hoping and praying he can. The question is, if he fails, which obviously he's up against Bayern Munich, so you're, all, you're presuming without a batting collapse in, in Germany, he'll get through there. It, it depends on the next game and, and, and next, the, the quarterfinal, semi-final, and, and how he reacts to that. But you've got to be confident, aren't you, with the, the tools he has and the experience he has in Europe? Yeah, you have. I mean, he has done it all before. Well, he hasn't done it at Manchester City. And he's doing just as good in the league at the moment. Arsenal, throughout the season, they were running clear. It looked like Mikel Arteta was going to have this fairy tale win for Arsenal. But as it's getting closer to the end, it's slipping away from them. City only four points behind now with a game in hand. So in all reality, only one point behind. Are Arsenal be able, are they going to be able to keep control of this? Are they going to manage to pull this off? Or is the pressure of that citizen side going to make them crumble? It's what the Premier League title race is all about. How teams deal with the pressure. Arsenal going to West Ham and dropping points uh, was a big blow uh, for Arsenal. Arteta, you know, these are the tests. These are the, these are the games where people would look at him and think, are you the next Arsene Wenger? Can you get this Arsenal team over the line? They're trying the best, but it's in their head now. They know Man City are coming. They know Haaland's scoring for fun. They know Mahrez is there. They know Jack Grealish is there. They are, City always find a way. And that will be looking... That will be on, in Arsenal's head in the next few weeks. They've got to play Arsenal... Uh, got to play City again in a few weeks' time, I think. Which is going to be a huge game. Uh, and we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. Because that could be the game that swings the title race either way. Uh, but it's been a great race so far. Like you said, Arsenal were, were a clear uh, in, in the deep blue sea. But City have re reigned them in like a, a good fisherman. And it's uh, it's going to be a cracking uh, contest in the next couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pep Guardiola might well be starring in the next edition of Fisherman's Friends in no time, <laughs> based off that description. He certainly knows how to reel them in, doesn't he? But he does. moving away from Manchester City, Chelsea... Losing 2-1 at Brighton, and that's pretty pitiful for Frank Lampard, isn't it, for his start at uh, Chelsea? Yeah, obviously the return of, of Big Frank to Chelsea. Chelsea legend, second stint as coach there. Um, yeah, we know the problems at Chelsea. They spent an awful lot of money on 
five or six players on long contracts. Uh, where's the hunger? Is the hunger there to take this this Chelsea team forward? I'm, sh- I'm sure he's only there till the end of the season, uh, until the Chelsea management can organise a replacement. But I'm sure it's going to boost the fans. The fans will be looking at him thinking, can you give us something, Frank, to hang on to uh, in this off-season, ready for next season? And like I say, didn't give him anything this week. So you're hoping that he can do it next week. But when you think about it, Everton, he was a bit, uh, you know, smirats, uh, a bit dodgy. Just about kept him up. His previous time at Chelsea wasn't the greatest either. So, is he the is he the the special one like uh, Jose? Is is he people want him to be a bit like Steven Gerrard? They want they want the top pros of the day, the Frank Lampards, uh, the Steven Gerrards, to be top top coaches. But it doesn't always happen, like that, does it? It doesn't. It seems at the moment Frank Lampard is lacking in this department. He's clearly not up to much. Do you think he can turn that around? I mean, what are his weaknesses at the moment? I mean, a lot of people would say that stylistically his teams are quite easy to figure out, quite predictable, and maybe he just hasn't got the minerals to pull it off. Yeah, and that's the thing, James. It's all about outsmarting your opponent and having a system that makes them think about what happens next. It's like you say, it's too simple. It's too pedestrianised. It's just not enough for Chelsea to be able to to conquer the Premier League. And with your, it doesn't matter whether Chelsea's owner has ten billion pound in the bank or a hundred billion pound in the bank. If the play, if the the coach isn't able to tweak the the knobs and make people play a certain way. You might as well put me, me and you up front for the tenor, James, and, and pray. Well, Rob, if you pray hard enough, even me and you can score in this Chelsea lineup because it <laughs> seems we're about as much use as, as some of the other players at the moment. Who knows? Maybe Frank can, can turn around that sinking ship with us. You never know. You never know, Rob. <laughs> so, just quickly go through the weekend scores. Aston Villa, 3, Newcastle United, nil. Chelsea... Lost uh, 2-1 at home to Brighton. Everton lost at home to Fulham 3-1. Crystal Palace got a good away win, beating Southampton 2-0. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they were at home and they beat Brentford 2-0. Tottenham Hotspur, surprise defeat for them at home to to AFC Bournemouth. They lost uh, 3-2. We know Manchester City beat Leicester 3-1. West Ham drew 2-2 with Arsenal and Manchester United uh, beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. So that was your full Premier League for results for, for this week. Liverpool play on Monday night against Leeds, uh, but we don't know the score yet. But looking at some of the other teams in this division right now, I mean, Arsenal, again, we talked about them before, didn't we, briefly, sustaining a 2-2 draw against West Ham. Not exactly what we would have liked. We said that Manchester City are closing that door, aren't they? They're about to, it seems, engulf Arsenal and eventually take over themselves. So right now, in that dressing room, what has Mikel Arteta got to do to keep his lads on track and to see out this lead? It's difficult, James, because obviously every game from now on is a cup final for, for Arsenal. And you, 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 you can say, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. But half of the time, in this situation, it's in the lap of the football gods, isn't it? You know, teams are, you know, pushing for promotion. They're pushing for relegation um, and they need to win games. So it's it's difficult to, to say what he needs to do. He just needs his team to deal with the pressure and, and win games. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? 
It is, Rob. It definitely is. I mean, the pressure is absolutely insurmountable. Mm. I don't think the average man knows the amount of strain that's going on for Mikel Arteta right now because he's got an incredible job. Arsenal haven't won the league in an extremely long time. There's all that pressure, not just of, of seeing off Manchester City, but giving those fans this dream ending that they want. And I'm not sure whether he's going to be able to deliver it or not. There's so much on them right now. Despite the fact that they've been riding high, Manchester City are an incredible mistress when they're on firing form. And it seems with Pep Guardiola and with how well they're doing in the Champions League right now, the momentum is on their side. It's drying up for Arsenal. And who knows how it's all going to turn out. But you can bet your bottom dollar that we're going to be covering all right here on the Sports Zone. And another entertaining team who are ever so close to achieving something massive in themselves is Salford. Over the course of the last week, we predicted it on the last show. We said they beat Wimbledon. We said they beat Colchester. They picked up a 3-2 win and a 1-0 win, respectively. They are now in eighth place, five points away from the players, but they've got big opportunities taking our Hartlepool and Walsall this week, who are 23rd and 15th in the table. Back two wins, and they're right back in the pickup for a playoff place. Yeah, it's it's such a moment for Salford City, James. Two wins from the next two games will catapult them back into the, the mixer. And we talked about them all season, um, not quite getting to that next level, but we've talked about how difficult League 2 is uh, and how competitive the, the teams are. And they just need a couple of big results to push them up. And then we're hoping that they can do that um, you know, it's been a tough season. Uh, we've had changes, uh, we've had injuries, we've had lack of form, but we're going to have to find a way because that's what top teams do. When the push comes to shove, James, you find a way to win and that's what Solve City's got to do. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the place that they're in right now. They have got to find a way to win, but the issue that they've got right now is they're a new team. Mm-hmm. They don't have the years of experience as some of the other teams have of grinding their way through a playoff situation, grinding their way towards the bitter end of a season. Do you think that could be the thing that derails them at the end of the season? Yeah, it's experience, isn't it, James? When you we talked about Arsenal and and their issues, and you look at the the Salford uh, fixture list, you've got Hartlepool at home, you've got Walsall away, then you've got to go to Carlisle away in, at the end of April. You know, all big games, and then Gillingham uh, at home. Uh, 8th of May which is which is at home it's going to be you know a really tough uh, few games for the Amazon you're kind of hoping that they find a way obviously us on the Solve City Radio you know we we follow them you know every week talking about them and hoping that they can uh, they find a way to get ne- next division and part of me thinks that they could find a way but then I, I look at the games they threw away throughout the season and, and you think well are they ready to take the, the next step to go up to that next level and um, we'll have to wait and see but it's a 50-50 split for me. I would agree, Robert. It does really seem like this one is hanging in the balance and the pendulum could well and truly swing either way. But going back now to the FA Cup, we talked briefly about Manchester United's game about against Brighton. Looking mm-hmm. ahead now to City's game against Sheffield United, how do you see it going? 
And what do you think the likelihood is of an old Manchester FA Cup final? Well, I think City and, and Sheffield United is, is like David and Goliath, isn't it? You know, Man City being, you know, the big Premier League team and, and Sheffield United uh, being from Sheffield, the, the Steel City, everybody grafting, wanting to, to find a way to win. And it's a real mishmash of, of styles there, uh, both on and off the field, the cosmopolitan Man City way with all the, the superstar foreign players and the superstar coach. And it's, it's difficult to see how Sheffield United can find a way. But this is FA Cup. This is FA Cup semi-final, in fact. There's been loads of fantastic semi-finals. I remember uh, Crystal Palace beating Liverpool in the in the ninety in the nineties in the in the semi-final at Villa Park. You know what absolute scenes that was. Uh, so the underdog sometimes does come good. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. What about you, James? Sometimes the underdog does come good, Rob. I'm not sure if this is the time that the dog is going to have its day or not. Sheffield United, a good side, and it obviously it'd be romantic if they could win. And who knows? I mean, in all reality, a Brighton Sheffield United final is very possible. I mean, we we have had games like this in the past, haven't we? I mean, the year Portsmouth won the FA Cup. We have seen, and Wigan again. We have seen some some big te- some big teams lose to smaller teams in these FA Cup finals, but we rarely get the two smaller teams going toe-to-toe. So it'd be nice if we could get a Brighton-Sheffield United matchup. In all reality, I think it's unlikely. I think we're going to see the two Manchester teams square off, and I think it'll be very interesting because it'll be a big statement it will. for both of these managers to pull off a win there. Yeah, it will, James, obviously, with 20 seconds to go. We know that's what the drama of the uh, of the, uh, the FA Cup's all about. It's about teams dreaming, about big teams coming up against small teams on the level, level playing field of the FA Cup and taking it all in. It's been a great show. Really enjoyed uh, talking sport with you, James. Big thanks for joining us on the Sports Zone of Soul City Radio. And we'll see you next week for more Salford Sporting Chat. 